This is the muster for a Wednesday afternoon. We we're heading up to Balfour to start the show with Peter Allen, uh, deer farming at Glen Yule. Good afternoon, Pete. How's things? Pretty good, Andy. Can't complain so far. How's everything looking up your way? Yeah, not too bad a day. I mean, you know, get to the odd frost, but it went off during the night here and just a cloudy overcast day. But no, quite pleasant to work in. You're you dressed accordingly at this time of the year. Quite happy with your crops, the way they're all feeding out. Uh, I haven't started deer on turnips and swedes, uh, and, and you know it's a different mindset with deer farming. I take hinds through to the end of October, t- so I don't start them on uh, their winter fodder crops till mid-July, because uh, then they've still got three and a half months on it. Um, it works out pretty well, and, and it's all about their fawning dates or their birth dates as, as opposed to sheep and cattle, so that's what it's all about. We could just argue it's just winter at the moment, really, couldn't you, just for, to, to a tee? Yeah, and like I said off air, there's far more annoying things in front of us um, politically and, and off-farm than what there is on-farm at the moment. Um, that's for sure. There's certainly plenty to keep me annoyed at the moment. As I said to you, I'm wearing quite a few hats in the deer industry at the moment, both with the NVSB, which is the National Velveting Standards Body, but I've also been brought onto a panel for the last three months dealing with code of welfare, whereby we've got to take the the old code of welfare apart and uh, put it back together and, and unbelievably wordy and, and a lot um, more enduring than what I thought it would be. But, you know, I'm on there with uh, people from MPI and NAWAC and, uh, yeah, not everybody's on the same page, but it'll be interesting. And I've just found out that when we finish with the whole thing, it then goes back to NAWAC and then goes out to public consultation and then comes back again. So you almost lose control of all the good work that you've done. So... It's an interesting way of doing it, but we've all seen what's happened in the pork industry and how much say that protagonists have got that are outside of our industries, which um, affect the rest of our livelihoods. And you know, there's a lot to get annoyed about at the moment, Andy. You know, dealt with uh, a couple of the Hiwaka Ikanoa um, roadshows as well, and that really infuriates me as a deer farmer. I mean, just the realisation of how and why we've been thrown under the bus by the dairy fraternity just because they're a big player um, they realised quite early on that they were going to be up for um, higher costs from higher emissions just from the sheer number of dairy in the country from the 1990 figures right through to now as opposed to sheep that were well in credit because as you're well aware the sheep numbers are well down from 1990 figures and the same with beef and deer and, and we weren't too bad for a while until Gary got down on their knees and Jim van der Poel and his um, other uh, bureaucrats decided to make sure that all the other industries were taken under the same umbrella and we just got thrown under the bus by dairy um, to lower their emissions and, and heighten ours. And, and unfortunately, deer farmers haven't come out of this very well. So you reckon it's all because of historical figures for people involved in deer as such is the reason why it's gone the way it has, as in there isn't the numbers like you have in other sectors? Yeah, and this has to be taken forward to the next step. But if, this, if it's um, kept as it is at the moment, then we're going to be up for substantial costs from deer farmers. Um, and, and it's really quite frustrating. And I think um, deer farmers, sheep farmers and beef farmers need to get a little bit more vocal about their disapproval of being um, dealt this way by dairying. Dairying have just, I won't say they've falsified it, but they've unduly dragged the other industries under their umbrella for their own benefit, and that's the frustrating thing. So what do you want to see happen out of all of us? Do you just want to see a bit of recognition for venison or deer farmers as such in HWEN? 
we shouldn't have to pay for other industries. That's that's the issue. And at the moment, uh, in its entirety, if it goes through as it is, then we will be. And and that's the frustrating thing, Andy. But look, there's so many things out there at the moment that are just so wrong. Um, it, it's just ridiculous. You know, I've spent the last two days on Zoom meetings and yeah, there's some infuriating things out there from people that have nothing to do with your own industry that have far too much to say. And we've seen it through politics for the last few years that the minority are getting heard loud and clear. It's just working groups, though. That just seems to be what it is. I mean, I've used the example this week of Nelson District Council wanting to implement um, people driving stock on road. Um, you're going to have to pick up your poo behind you. You're not allowed to push it to the side of the road. And if cars turn up, you've got to move the animals 50 metres away from the road. And they yeah, I, heard, f- I heard that, you and yeah. um, Jamie King talking about that. And, yeah, he was in a good position to comment on that. Um, yeah, I've been on his road a few years ago. And, and yeah, no, that that's... That's just ridiculous. That's just completely over the top and nonsensical. But it seems to be far more common for these sort of things to be arising and and we're having to deal with it. Is it a case of bureaucracy might almost be the end of farming to a degree? Uh, It's getting to that point, that's for sure. And and the misuse and um, misrepresentation on social media of certain images and things like that, that, that's probably going to be the, uh, the undoing of a lot of industries. Would a change of government at the next election, Pete, do you think that would have much of a bearing on the way things are going at the moment? It depends how much is set in stone and how much um, can be changed and and, uh, redirected, that's for sure, yes. Because it's interesting, like, the way you're speaking brings out a lot of frustration that plenty of people have got to bear regarding regulations, and it is just ongoing. I'm actually speaking to David Berger from Dairy NZ regarding the rulings they've got for the new Animal Code of Welfare and why they've been implemented. Um, There's one for sheep and beef in the pipeline as well. It's, It's only up for debate at this stage, obviously, but it's just one thing after another, as you just said before. So where's it going to stop? Yeah, well, feel free to pass on my frustration to him as well. Oh, i welcome. <laughs> I'll be happy to do that. Um, but on a positive, I suppose, Zoom calls. Like I'd never heard of Zoom until the start of this pandemic. You know, Zoom, Zoom was a slogan for Mazda, for Pete's sake. Um, we look at the situation now, and people are starting to get back in the flesh and actually talk and actually get back in the, the group and just meeting environment. But it is a good thing too. We've got to start moving on now. Yeah, yeah, no, dead right, Andy. There's nothing like it, but it's it's also been, um, you know, quite quite a good uh, thing to be able to do as well. And, and yeah, it saves a lot of time and travel for me for certain things. That's for sure. We probably should touch on um, how both uh, Velvet and Venison are looking um, yeah. for the next. Basically, the outlooks at the moment, and there's been updated outlooks, and we've had a few Dins roadshows just recently, and they are quite well attended, and it was it was reasonably positive, but there's still a few um, gremlins to deal with. And, and obviously lockdowns, lockdowns in China haven't helped the volume of velvet that took a while to get through the port system, frozen product, and now it's been sitting unprocessed in uh, warehouses. So it's, it's not so much stockpiling, but it's quite a bit behind the eight ball as far as the time to be processed is. So that's holding things up. So that's a logistical thing in China on the velvet side, otherwise a lot of the product has left the shores of New Zealand. Back onto the venison side, um, a lot of positivity that hasn't come to fruition yet, and it's really just talk about where we should be. Um, Air freight's 
the cost of and that's being passed on to farmers is not helping um, returns at the moment. They are looking like you know nine dollars plus, but w what that plus is, and there was um, um, some work done just recently on where venison needs to be at its peak from August through to November um, to be in line with where lamb prices are. And I think the figure they come out with was the equivalence of ten to eleven dollars. And at the moment we're only sitting on eight. So we're a little bit behind the eight ball, but hopefully um, that just improves. Yeah, small gains for sure, but hopefully we'll just see how the season pans out. Hey, Peter Rowland, Farming at Glen Ure, thanks very much for your insights on the muster once again. Thanks, Andy, no problem. Peter Rowland there at Glen Ure just venting his frustration, basically, and you can understand that too regarding Hawaki Ekanoa. It sounds like deer farming has been in Pete's where it's thrown under the bus and um, they want reasons as to why. And you get that, you get that because regulation at the moment is a word you're starting to hate almost because it's just here, there and everywhere. It's just one of those stupid things called a buzzword, I suppose, at the moment. Up next on the muster, we're talking to David Berger from Dairy NZ regarding the new animal code of welfare for dairying that's being put out for um, consultation. Dave, um, we're going to get David's insight into that next on the show. And I will wait, I 